Louder! And it's time for the Gore and More Podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking in and head in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear, we'll never part. Going on a ball break, running in the sand, feeling all right. And what is up, Gorehounds? Today is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. And here we are, Bobby and I, bringing you an episode of the Gore and More podcast. As you can tell right now, we're sitting kind of light with co hosts. Yes. Yes, we are. Chad Daddy's having some internet issues and. John, on the other hand, is having the motherfucking time of his life. So before we jump into the slice of life, let's see what John's up to right now. Yes, let's do this. What's up, homies? Hope you're all doing well. Enjoying the uh, Dumbo ride right now? Yeah. So uh, I did not watch Critters this week, but uh, hope you fuckers have a great week. Miss ya. Love ya. Catch you next week. Thank you. As that, we said before, he does not miss us. It's okay, John. We love it's you. It's cool. You don't have to miss us, John. It's yeah. fine. We know you're having the time of your life with your family at Disney, as we would be, too, if we were there. But we are here bringing you a fantastic episode. Today, we are talking about one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid. And watching it as an adult, I just had that much more appreciation for it, especially knowing that we know somebody who worked on the film. but. Before we jump into that, we're going to talk about what we did this past week. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Slice of Life! Ooh, the the pitch on that one was... Ooh, that made my balls tingle. Yeah, baby. Bobby, what'd you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Oh, uh, Friday. Friday was just a a chill day. Me and uh, my girlfriend came over. We had dinner here. We chilled out. We just watched the movie. That was it. Saturday was a big runaround day. It was uh, one of my best friend's birthdays. So we went to a tea house and had tea and lunch and all that stuff. And then Saturday night, a whole big group of us, we went to Medieval Times. I don't know if any here, anybody here has ever been to it. It's, I have not. You you have to. It really is a fun time. It's it's medieval times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do like jousting and all kinds of stuff. Like you eat with your hands. Like you eat like a Viking. They yeah, give you yeah, like yeah. a big fucking chicken leg and uh, corn and potatoes. You get like tomato soup. And uh, I have a picture, but I, I can't post it here because it's on my phone. But um, there's a picture of, of me and my girlfriend. I had a mug of beer that was filled with two beers she had a glass uh, a beer glass but it was filled with like a slushy alcoholic drink oh shit nice <laughs> it, it was it was a good time it was a nice chill night and everything too we also had a couple of tornado touchdowns in the state uh one was in my girlfriend's hometown oh, but her her house was fine her sister's house was fine there was quite a bit of damage there was a picture of a house that literally just lost the roof Oh, wow. The rest of the house is still there. I was like, yeah, I'm like, wow, a, a hurricane doesn't do that. Yeah, because someone said it's a hurricane. I'm like, a hurricane doesn't do that. Well, a hurricane can, you know, blow the roof off a house. It's just usually the house comes down with it. Well, yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying because it was literally per- the rest of the house was fine. Nothing fine, else yeah. was done. It was just the roof. I'm like. A piece of the puzzle is missing here, but 
where is it? Yeah, yeah. So, but so, but as far as I know, no casualties or anything. So that's good. Yeah. And then Sunday, we just chilled out. We, me and my girlfriend went to lunch with a, another few friends of ours, and we had ourselves a seafood boil. Oh, and, and I went, saw that picture. You did say yeah, that in the chat. It was it was a place called Captain Louis, and the, you name it. It was kind of like Louisiana style, like. They had crab legs, they had lobster, they got crawfish, they got live crawfish, they got shrimp, they got mussels, clams, uh, and all of that stuff. So I had like a half a pound of, of mussels, and I, I never had crawfish, and I always wanted it, and I had a half a pound of crawfish. Oh, that shit tasted absolutely fucking amazing. I had a medium hot sauce with everything in it. I fucking, I was in, I was in heaven. I love yeah. shellfish, so that's my that's my shit. I'm like, give me give me the shellfish, please. See, I saw the fried chicken on the table because that's what I would have been eating while you know everybody else was eating seafood because I don't do the seafood. That's well, well, what they do also they do like there was like a that was like a little plate of wings. Yeah. So and they were crispy and thick, like I'm they like, looked good. Oh. Dude, they they were some of the best wings I've had, and it's yeah. ironically from a seafood place. So you don't get that very often, but it was, it was fucking good. So, and then I, then I watched this movie chilled out. And, um, I also got the new issue of the Fangoria magazine here with a a new movie coming out called (sighs) evil dead rise. I cannot Uh, wait for this movie to come out. I'm so fucking stoked. I was just saying it to you before and I'll say it here. I said, this is the only franchise where I will say it right now. There's not a bad movie. No, not there's at all. And like, no bad moment. There's no bad nope. movie. Like, there's no bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and even the remake, like I was saying before we jumped on, I, w- I watched it a couple of times before I really had an appreciation for it. And what made me appreciate it even more was the fact that Ash was at the end of the remake. And, it, like, nobody was expecting it. So, no, I, you know, and I seriously doubt that we'll get a Bruce Campbell cameo in this one. But that's completely fine. I'm okay with the franchise moving on to somebody new we need new characters this is this is a world that can vastly be ex- explored and oh, i'm God, all yes. for it you know it doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be ash granted ash is the chosen one yes but there's other stories that could be told and i'm really 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 excited for evil dead rise especially after seeing david howard thornton's approval of the film mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. especially with him being in one of the, you know, goriest slashers that have, that have come out in the past few years, you know, Terrifier and him just saying this movie was awesome. I, I can't wait. Like, I'm super excited. And and I'm willing to bet Terrifier 2 probably had, a, I mean, I think this movie was made around the time or was made before, but I'm willing to bet those guys definitely saw footage and were like, uh, we have to really deliver because yeah. Terrifier 2 was a bloodbath. That's one of my favorite new movies. Yeah. So Evil Dead Rise has to definitely be. It, I I guarantee it's going to be right there with it. Yeah. So I, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm ready for it. So, but I, I might be seeing it opening night. If not, I'm gonna go see it the next uh, week when my girlfriend is back. We could take our friends. So, but that was my weekend. And so that was about it. it was, you know, pretty pretty simple. Pretty easy going. It was nice. What about you, Lord Scuba? Well, what did I do Friday? Friday, I worked all day, and then I had to work at the bar Friday night, and I decided I was going to drink a little bit, so I did, and 
I went to work without eating dinner, which was a bad mistake because I paid for it Saturday during the day. I was supposed to go to a food truck festival that they had downtown. Um, it's this huge food truck festival. It's like literally food trucks from all over that come downtown and there's this huge festival going on. I wasn't able to make it. Um, Mel wanted to go, uh, but she worked until about four, four thirty. So, you know, with her being pregnant and being already almost due, I mean, we're, we're due in, in a, in little over a month. So she Oof. was just super tired and cranky. And so she didn't want to go after all. And so I was just like, that's fine. So went back to sleep for a little bit. Then I watched WrestleMania. I was super stoked for it because if I don't watch wrestling all year long, the one day that I, or the two days now that I will watch yeah. wrestling is for WrestleMania. Because regardless of, of what is going on with it, I, you know, I'm fully invested in WrestleMania. I, I've attended, you know, a WrestleMania that they had in Dallas and I just absolutely loved it. Been watching wrestling since I was a kid. So I, I was excited. Watched WrestleMania, went to work, had a good time. Woke up Sunday and the girlfriend and I took a trip to San Antonio again. Uh, her kids were with their dad again, so we went to go pick them up. But we spent the day at Trader's Village, which is a huge, huge flea market. It's an outdoor flea nice. market. Yeah. So we just went walking around and, you know, had a little food. Got some, you know, uh, it's a drink called Agua Fresca, which is basically it's fresh water is what it translates to. But it's like they have different flavors. So one's like a watermelon water right. juice thing so it's really good so we got one of those and we just walked around and i bought myself a new mask um for for some uh wrestling backyard wrestling i guess you would say they're more like skits than wrestling than anything but um we're we're, we're trying to kick that off doing some things so last night when we got back into town i met up with the um the boys from all content entertainment and we had a wrestlemania watch party there was a championship match last night. Some crazy things happened. They're going to be releasing the video a little bit later on tonight. I believe at 8 p.m. the video is going okay. to be released. About, they, there was a title match last night. So anybody that's interested that is following all content entertainment, they will be able to see if the title changed hands or not at 8 p.m. tonight. Um, but, yeah, man, it was just a fun time. Um, and then I got home and I just crashed out. I was so tired. I had to get up early for work this morning, so I didn't get to watch Critters last night, but I did watch it today at work, and I just, like I said, man, I, I just, I love this movie so much, so, like we said, we are talking Critters 2, and yes. it was released April 29th, and this was Chad Daddy's pick, and it sucks that Chad Daddy's not here right now, he is having internet, yes. but he is in the chat, he is in the chat, so... Hopefully his internet kicks on. They said it would be about an hour or so. So hopefully he's able to jump on. Yeah. And, you know, they, I guess they had some really bad storms or something that, that went through and kicked out his internet. So Bobby, give us that plot rundown. The flesh eating furballs from outer space are back for a second outing. And this time it is an even bigger problem as the nearby community of Grover's Bend becomes the latest course. Over two years after the events of the first film, Brad Brown is now 15. He fucking looks older than 15. He I, looks I, way I, older I, than I will 15. say. <laughs> and returns to Grover's Bend to spend Easter weekend with his grandma, who was a very lovely lady because yes. she knows how to cook. Yes, she does. 
leftover critty eggs that were in Brad's old farm are taken and mistaken for Easter eggs. I don't, never mind. How do you mistake that shit? Whatever. <laughs> unleashing, unleashing the Krites into the entire town. Luckily, ugly and former drunk Charlie returned from space to help Brad and the rest of the town fight the Krites once again in one of the best transformation scenes ever. We will talk about that. Yeah, we bit. will. <laughs> Directed by Mick Garris, riding the bullet in desperation. <clears throat> Written by David Tauhi. Sounds good to me. Waterworld, The Fugitive, uh, Mick Garris. Batteries not included. Hocus Pocus. Produced by Barry Oper, Critters and Jeepers Creepers. Starring Scott Grimes, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night, Robin Hood as Brad Brown, Terrence Mann, Solar Babies, Big Top Peewee as Ugg, Leanne Alexandra Curtis, 16 Candles, Girlfriend from Hell as Megan Morgan. Holy Don, shit. I what? just re- I just realized he was in Big Top Peewee. He's the fucking mime. Oh shit, yes he He's is. He's the fucking mime from Big Top Peewee. Holy shit. Wow. You can, I didn't recognize his hair. I don't think his hair yeah. was long in Big Time. No, I don't think it was. So, uh, Don, Keith, Op, Opper, Hooper, whatever. Uh, City Limits, the gun in Betty Lou's handbag as Charlie McFadden. Uh, Barry Corbin, My Science Project, Ghost Dad, as well as many other shows and movies as Sheriff Harve. Tom Hodges, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, Heavyweights, Oh my god. We should just do that for no other reason than it's a great movie. As Wesley, Sam Anderson, Airplane 2, the sequel, The Puppet Masters, as Mr. Morgan, Lindsay Parker, Flowers in the Attic, Shocker, as Cindy, Herda Ware, Cocoon Species, as Nana, Lynn Shea, My Demon Lover, Snakes on a Plane, as Sal, and Roxanne Kiernohan, uh, not of this earth, Phoenix the Warrior as Lee. Take it away, the, Lord. The Puppet Masters. That's the one about the little alien things or kind of slugs or something. It it, it wasn't Puppet Master. That no, it's know. it's it, no no that no because that's just called Puppet Master. Yeah, I think so, that one. That I'm one has to, to do with some kind of alien thing or some shit. You know, some while you're doing this, I'm gonna look yeah, it up real quick because I'm not I'm not sure. All right, so music by Nicholas Pike, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, Captain Ron. Cinematography by Russell Carpenter, Titanic and Ant-Man. Edited by Charles Bornstein, Halloween in the Fog. Special effects, Chiodo Brothers, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Ernest Scared Stupid. Two great fucking movies, classics. Mm -hmm. Distributed by New Line Cinema, runtime of 85 minutes, MPAA rating, PG-13. How'd they get away with that? I don't know. Budget four mil, grossed about three point eight mil. Let's talk about it. You know what the weird? I was like reading up about this because they said although this movie didn't make a lot of money, it was like I think it was like popular and it actually still did well on like uh, VHS sales and all of that. Yeah. Apparently, so it still made out. It just didn't make out well in the um, theater. Yeah, and I mean, and and this movie is one that. I would rent religiously from, you know, the video store. I just, I loved the Critters movie so much. Um, and, and, and I, I can, I can close my eyes and I see myself walking through the video store and grabbing the movie, telling my dad to rent it and then going and getting like 
popcorn to make and things like that too. So this movie is, it's a lot of nostalgia for me, but it's just such a good follow-up to the first movie. Granted, it takes place two years later after the first flick. So yeah. And he does seem a lot older for, you know, than 15. Honestly, when they said him and I saw his face, I'm like, you look like you like get just got out of college or you're in college. I'm like, you aged more than that, but you know that movie magic. They wanted the original kid from the first one, so they had to get him. So they did what they had to do. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I only ever saw the first critters. I never really went beyond that. I always saw the poster for this one. So for me, I was like, well, you know, I, I went into it going, I hope it's a fun movie. Yeah, you know, because I wasn't a huge critters fan. I liked the first movie, but. I was just like, well, let's see what the second one is. And I had fun with this. Yeah, this one's more fun, I think, is because the Critters have more. It's like Gremlins 2. They gave them more personality. And even though they're not individual characters the way, you know, Gremlins 2 did it, they they made them to, you know, they talked a lot more. Mm -hmm. They they were funny, you know, especially that scene in The Hungry Heifer where they're eating everything and they're like, uh oh. You know what I mean? Like just that, mm-hmm. those little cartoon aspects that they added to the critters. I fucking love, like it's such a great fucking movie to watch because not only is it horror because these things are fucking eating everything that get in their way. They don't give yes. a shit. They don't mm-hmm. care what it is. They're going to fucking eat it. I, I mean, they're eating whole cows. Like it's fucking breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And, and so it's, I mean, they don't care. They, they just, they don't give a shit and they're going to, they're there to eat. That's all. Um, and, and I love the expansion, you know, we go from just a a singular farmhouse in the first movie where it took place at, at at their home to this town now, which I was very sad doesn't exist in real life. (laughs) Well, but our buddy Mick did a great job creating those sets because it looked like a real fucking town and it's not. Grover's Bend does not exist. I know because I remember because we had him on here for Chainsaw Three, and he said I created the whole town. It doesn't exist. I remember your face just went. Yeah, my heart was broken. It's like go back what? and watch that episode because my heart was broken in that episode. But I, I think the only thing I can say, I, nothing was a disappointment. But I guess since when I think of crit, like critter movies, when and I say critters, like I think of like Gremlins and critters and all. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing I would say that I would have liked to have seen in this, comparing to Gremlins, which I should not do, but I'm doing it for the sake of just to make, I guess, my point. I would have liked to have seen maybe one main critter who was a little more mutated, maybe. That's that's the only thing I would say, like, I would have loved to have seen. Other than that, like, yeah, they they were much more in your face. They were everywhere. I believe, I I don't remember... It's part three or four or critters attacks. They have like different variations of the critters where one of them's like, I want to say he's a little bit bigger than the other ones. And he's kind of like the leader of the critters, but I like, you know, and I can see where you're coming from, but I like the fact that these were Krites born on earth. So they don't know shit. They don't know anything about, where they came from or anything like that. They just know that they're born and Hey, you're like me. Let's eat, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the expansion of it in the other films, I think that that's, you know, where they went, Hey, let's give them a little bit more distinction between 
the 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 Krites. And Chad Eddie said this movie always makes him hungry for burgers, and it does yes. too. Yes. And that goddamn theme song for the hungry heifer always gets stuck in my goddamn head. I was singing it all day today, all day. I was humming it as the movie was going on, and it's not even playing on the screen. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fucking stuck in my head. Jesus Christ! It's it's definitely a memorable movie. Yeah. It, it's a fun movie. It's not one to be taken seriously, but it's no, one no, no, to, not at all. But it is definitely one to be like they really did continue it very well. It's it feels this it feels the same as the first. Yeah, and I would say with the it, it, with the exception of the one scene where we at where we get titties in a fucking PG thirteen movie. That yeah, that's <laughs> you know because it's not even just like side boob; it's like full on breastesis, and they're nice. They are some was, nice breastesses. So is the booty. I, it was. Yeah. A, oh yeah, it was. So uh, that, I don't know how they got away with that with PG thirteen, but with the exception of that one scene, I think this is a this is a good. I mean, this is a great movie that you could show like as a starter into other horror things. Um, I, I, but if you don't watch kids seeing boobies, don't watch it because it does have a, I, or cover their eyes. Our parents used to cover our eyes all the time, and we turned out fine. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I actually, I didn't know this was PG thirteen until you said that. So now I think the only reason why it probably is is because there, it's not a gore fest. Yeah, like there's yeah. blood, but it's not. Nothing's it's like not, over the top. Yeah, so they probably were like, "Well, we didn't have an over amount of, of blood. Can we get away with boobs and showing ass?" And and they did. They they did. Yeah, like. I think it's because they couldn't take it seriously. It's not meant to be taken seriously, though. So it worked in its own favor. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to everybody in the chat right now. We got, like I said, Chad Daddy. Yes. We got Heather in there, the redhead of the dead. And we got the smiling octopus, my honey bunny, Melody. How's it going, baby? Hi, people. Hi. Hi. It's it's mine and Bobby's show tonight. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> hoping not to fuck it up. But if we do, just, you know, welcome just to the show. Go along with it. Welcome just to go the along show. with it and enjoy. <laughs> But yeah, but, um, and, and it's great, and and even bringing back the characters from the original film, mm-hmm. from okay, now we're in space. We're seeing the you know from you see this like really cool sequence in the ship where they're hunting different aliens and and they're talking to you know higher ups that know that the Krites existed. So we know that this universe goes that you know far off far of beyond. Aliens. Yeah, so. I love, and the only thing that would have made it cooler for me is if there was like maybe like a xenomorph skull or a predator skull in that well, fucking alien wall that was there that they had. I think well, that would have been kind of fucking cool. Well, you know what I was just thinking now is imagine if they're talking about all different aliens. What if the thing was on that ship? The thing, predator, alien, like all the aliens we know in the horror movie universe. Like an ET skull or some shit too would have yeah, been fucking cool. Like that, like, that, yeah. That would be awesome. Like, yeah. that was their perfect opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and from the get go, and we get Ugg and Lee back, and then of course Charlie back, which is which. I love Charlie in this one too. He it, it's such a huge turn Trump. for him. Yeah, from the way he was in the first movie, and now he's this. He got his confidence. You know, he he's not this yeah. alcoholic like he was in the first flick. He got his confidence back. He's a fucking space bounty hunter, and. I felt bad for him in the first movie because, yes. he was, you know, they, they fucked with him so much. And he was basically the town. He was the town drunk. That's what he was. And in this one, 
he comes back and he's this fucking kick-ass bounty hunter who has been off world just fucking doing it mm-hmm. and i was so fucking sad i remember watching this the first time and i was so sad because i thought he died Spoiler yeah well for those of you fucking that haven't seen it yet but he does not die so you know and, and but then we we see ug transform into charlie and i'm like oh, okay well i guess you know keep keep the memory alive whatever but then we see charlie actually walking up and i was like yeah he's yeah, still alive he, yeah because he pa- power sh- power shooted off and he was like how do you fucking take a power shoot off like so, so i like that they added in that he didn't die yeah. but then he also became sheriff of the town so he, he really did. he really did come full circle you know his character had a great uh development i want to say he gets shit on again in the third one i don't i want to say he's kind of like an outcast again in the third one i don't really really remember parachuted heather he was trying to say parachuted heather you should know you should know I fuck words it's up by now fuck. You should know Bobby talked by now. Come on. Yes. He meant parachuted. So, but I, I, I want to say that fuck, I haven't seen the third one in so long, but I think he's, he's like an outcast again or something, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that if we ever decide to do the third one. Yes. Um, but oh. with this one, I mean, there, there's, there's just the, the bunny suit scene. That oh one always gosh. gets me too. Like the East. And this is the perfect movie to watch. Like Chad was, Daddy picked the perfect time to put this in because Easter is on Sunday and yes. this is an Easter themed horror movie. So, so if you want to watch a movie on Easter Sunday, this is the movie to watch on Easter Critters Sunday. Critters 2 is your now new Easter Sunday movie and you need to watch it after church so it's after you're done going hallelujah you go munch 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 that's what you have to do on Easter Sunday. Yeah. But one scene I want to talk about real quick cuz I was so I was laughing when I saw it was when um, Lee, the gorgeous woman, mm-hmm. woman uh, is walking down the street and she turns and we don't see what she's looking at. Oh, yes. And, Char- and Charlie comes up and sees it. And he's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, no, 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 no. no. It's fucking Freddy Krueger. Well, yeah. He- off camera. You don't see. But Lee is turning into Freddy Krueger, which the- <laughs> would have been fucking. It's a new line movie. They should have done it. For yeah. a split second, like they should have showed the transformation just for a split second, and then maybe just kind of superimposed Freddy's face over it, you know, yeah. and then have him turn back into the chick. And I guarantee you, had they done that, this movie could have made another two or three million dollars for the fact that everybody goes sees it. Hey, Freddy's in this movie for like thirty yeah. seconds, and yeah. that would have been I it. Think but that I, been I, I find it. I just found that scene so hilarious. Because yeah. like Charlie's just like trying to be like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. We we like you this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there's uh, a deleted scene that explains a little bit more, which we'll talk about later on. I, I was going through the behind the scenes, and and there's a there was a scene that they filmed where um, it explains a little bit more about the the form change for Lee. But we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. But I mean it. it what what else is there to say about this movie? I mean, it, like I said, it's such a great flick. It doesn't feel at any point like it drags on. Because like no. I said, from the get-go, it's boom, you're in space. You know the Krites are still on Earth. We get the scene where you actually see the Krite eggs. You know, and, and they're just these little tiny things. So then you start thinking, oh shit, well, when in part one did they have time to lay eggs in the barn? 
mm-hmm. which could have been at any point in time. They didn't, you know, they didn't have to show it to us and they, right. they didn't go to like a, a flashback or anything, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Um, and the, but those eggs laid there dormant for fucking two years mm-hmm. and nobody knew those eggs were there until this douchebag shows up and is like, Hey, I'll sell you these eggs, you know, to the, the antique guy, I forget his name, but, uh, Lev something like fuck that. who knows I, I don't remember but so so then it just makes I guess my one question then would be what are the did those eggs hatch because they were disturbed or was it time or I think they hatched know? I think they hatched because they were no longer one for one that they were disturbed but then we see them hatch hatch because they were by the heater so maybe okay. maybe I don't know maybe there's some kind of like sense in the egg that once one hatches they because they're in clusters they all start to hatch regardless of where where they're you know where they're at right but i mean for the eggs that were outside maybe the heat from the sun heated them up to where you know so who knows it's uh yeah it doesn't really explain the hatching of the krites which is fine i'm cool with that but i just i I have this movie in my heart. Like I said, there's there's a lot of movies that we review where I'm like, oh, I've never seen it. But there's a lot that we do review where I'm like, fuck, I remember watching this as a kid. Yeah. And this is one that I've made my kids sit down and watch. Specifically part two. I don't even think my daughter's ever seen part one, but I've showed her part two and she loves part two. Um, because like I said, it's just a more fun movie. The, the yeah. So much more animation to themselves. and. Mm-hmm. It is, especially when we see that one big critter and you're like where the fuck did he come from yeah he was and then he talks huge. and he's like cheeseburgers no bones and the other critters are like yeah fuck it let's go we, no bones we just want more meat please we just want more meat yeah and i think that was that was a pretty cool trap you know mm-hmm. where where they set them up they were gonna blow them up and of course as in most movies it doesn't work the way they wanted to but no they do but, end up getting taken out and it, it it's a good time. It's a fun fucking time. I do love the fact though that this fucking town has a cheeseburger plant, which I never knew existed until- for the one small ass fucking restaurant that they yeah. have in the center of the town. Like I, the whole town was built around the hungry heifer. That should have been called the Cheeseburger Grove Town. Like, this town is Cheeseburger Grove. Yeah. Like that's what it should have been called. Yeah. Uh. Also, Chad Daddy was saying in the um, the chat over here for listeners uh, that the eggs were shown at the end of the first film. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it says the last scene, it shows them in a nest. One moves and you hear a crite laugh. So was there still one adult crite left? I'm hmm. willing to bet there had to be because, I mean, they're a giant ball. They could go hide anywhere. So there maybe yeah. there was one left. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen this town in other movies and I just can't, maybe it's just got that small town feel to it, but yeah. I, I feel like, th- like this town's been in something else, but like I said, it was built for this movie and I really wish we could have had Mick on. That would have been really cool to have him. I love hearing Mick talk, man. I, I, yes. I love it when he gets into his stories because it's learning the history of not just behind the scenes, but the building of these worlds of the films that he worked on. And I would, I would have loved to hear him talk about critters too, but I'm sure one day we'll, we'll have him tell that story 
Yeah, we'll hear we'll, it. We'll, we'll get him back. Oh, you're stroking, stroking out a bit, Bobby. Don't do this to me, I'm Bobby. Here. I'm, I'm green here. Okay. On. All right, I'm going to go ahead and throw Brody on. Let's hear from our... Well, how do you fucking do it there, folks? It's your DKB here back for another episode of Goramore, and this week I'm here to talk to you about Critters 2. Now, let me just start off by saying that I really do need to kick my own ass for not having watched this at a younger age. I mean, I remember watching the first film. I loved it. I remember seeing this sitting on the VHS shelf next to the first one, and for some unknown reason, I never ever fucking watched it. Shame on me for that. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago I saw it on Netflix, bit the bullet, watched it, I was absolutely surprised on how fucking underrated this sequel was. It's definitely one of them rare ones. It's very underappreciated. It lives up to the original while paying respect to the original. It's a fun fucking time. And Mick Garris behind it, who I highly respect as a filmmaker, just adds the cherry on fucking top. So the characters in this, I love how Mick was able to take some of the original characters uh, from the first film and put them in this with a whole fucking wide but there's just so many characters in this film it's a whole fucking townsville it's a village of people uh and to see their character development their personal traits come to life especially when a fucked up situation where these critters come to play and just to see how they were able to fucking handle and deal with it uh, i mean it would have been nice if d wallace had to come back because she i mean she's pretty badass in the first film yep. so um it, even though we didn't get that, it's great to see. Uh, I will say, Megan, Megan's pretty fucking badass in this film. She definitely knows how to hold her own. She's like a farm, she's like a small town farm girl uh, living in a lonely world. You're going to get us kicked off Facebook. Yeah, that's right. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she really holds her own in this film. And I thought she was fantastic. Uh, yeah, she definitely feels like a survivor and she knows what the fuck she's doing. Uh, I've got to hand it out to Charlie, who was from the first film. To see him come back, it's a nice little story arc for him to come back and, uh, especially with the aliens and try and take on the critters, just to see where he's been after all this time from the, uh, that gap in between the first and this film. Yeah, Charlie's absolutely fantastic to see. He's just a lot of fun. So one thing I really appreciate about this film as well is the fact that uh, they're able to get in uh, Mick Garris. Uh, Mick Garris is, I think this was his first big break into the film industry. It might have been his first feature film. Um, and just the overall tone of this film and what he wanted with it. I mean, it's that perfect balance of dark humour and fun while adding a little bit of B-movie charm about it. And I think that's... That just sums up Mick Garris's directing style and filmography. If you go back and watch his films, you can definitely see that there's a little bit of Critters 2 in each of his film. Um, so he's definitely quite familiar with the, the, not only the concept, but it's the genre and the storytelling of like B movies in general, that exploitative feel about it. Yeah. So I think it's a fantastic choice that, uh, Mick was given the choice to direct this film. Yeah. So the practical effects in this film were absolutely fucking fantastic. I mean, we get some creative kills in here. Uh, I am going to give a huge shout out to one kill. And if you're definitely going to watch this film for any fucking reason at all, whether or not you're contemplating on watching it, you don't want to watch it, you have to watch this fucking scene. And this kill is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best I've seen in any horror film when I first saw it. It just works extremely well. The blocking, the dialogue, and just how it sort of hits you in the face. You don't expect it. And yes, that is the giant ball of critters rolling over someone and leaving nothing but a pile of bones. I thought that was fucking clever. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, it definitely caught me off guard. 
And yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, the creature designs are fantastic as always. I mean, they don't really try and up the ante. Um, they just keep to the original concept of these critters. And yeah, uh, they don't change anything. And I love that design of the critters themselves. Um, uh, the Cheeto brothers, I'm pretty sure they, they're the ones that designed it. And I'm pretty sure they just got off Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, so it was great to see them come back for this film. Uh, so yeah. I think personally the pacing of this film is awesome. You know, it definitely, it gives you a little bit of room to breathe, but everything that happens sort of in between the bigger scenes, you know, you really sort of can't take your eyes off the screen. I feel like, I feel like even the characters talking are actually interesting as well for me personally. I mean, yes, there are some little bits that are boring here and there, but overall I think it's a nicely tightly paced uh, film. You know, it definitely kept me interested the whole way through. I mean, it didn't make me want to, like, look at my phone all the time or anything or turn it off. So, yeah, I definitely feel that, yeah, the just the way that this film is paced definitely works extremely well. And like I said, it kept me entertained from the start to finish. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think I've said what I wanted to say about this film. Um, yeah, other than the fact that if you haven't seen it, definitely go out and watch it. It's definitely worth your time, and especially if you're a fan of the first film and you haven't seen it like fucking me years ago. Yeah, I will kick your ass for you, and you should fucking <laughs> suss it out because, yeah, it's a fucking fun film from start to finish. Anyway, this is your DKB giving it a Goran Moore score of a solid, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm feeling good. And generous tonight. I'm going to give it a 3.8. All right. This was a great film. Um, so anyway, this is your DKB signing out. I hope you motherfuckers have a great evening, and I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. Catch you next week. Cheers. And that was our doppelganger, Kangabanger right there, Brody Kane, who just joined us in the chat. How's it going, Brody? I think he nailed that. He did. Pretty it's well. Everything, yeah. It's everything we said, just more sophisticated for film. And a much better accent. <laughs> Way better accent. Way better uh, accent. Well, I, I think we've said quite a bit. Do we want to spread some cheeks and see Ooh. what we got going on behind the curtain? Let's do it. All right. So Mick Garris had wanted to get Frank Welker to do the voices of the Krites, but he couldn't afford to get him. So he ended up doing most of the voices himself and hiring a loop group to provide additional vocals for them. That would have been really cool because Frank Welker was in a lot of things that we grew up watching. Yeah, we probably just don't know it, too. That's the weird part sometimes. Yeah. So that and I, I think that getting Welker would have added a lot more character yeah. to the Krites individually. Uh, Brody, Chad is not with us right now. He is having Internet issues because of a storm that blew through. And it knocked his internet out. So it is yeah. just Bobby and myself. Don't be disappointed. We'll make it we'll make it worth your while. Bend over. New line cinema trademark, Lynn <laughs> Shea has a role. Lynn Shea, the younger sister of the founder of New Line Cinema, Robert Shea. She can be found in countless New Line films, including this one. Other examples include A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dumb and Dumber, and Critters, etc. But where yeah. most of you youngsters might know her from is Insidious. Mm -hmm. She is an Insidious, so she's one of the yeah one of the main characters. Yes. So the props they used for the eggs are sugar apples. Really? That's what it says. Here. Sugar apples? Yeah. I gotta see what the hell a sugar apple looks like now. I mean, it's probably you know 
a sugar apple with some shit added on top of it unless uh no they're no? okay they're actually the bumpy they're they look like the cried eggs they're actually a bumpy texture i will send a picture right now oh shit oh yeah. wow what the fuck huh <laughs> wow okay uh talk about uh fucking affordable <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get some of those for easter next year and hide those sons of bitches I'm so curious how they taste and how you eat these motherfuckers. You know, that'd be cr- that'd be really cool to get one or get a few and paint them up to look like Krite eggs. And yeah. then throw like a resin over them to keep them from rotting. Instant what? fucking Krite prop. And they were painted what? Like a green with a pink? Yeah, they were kind of like a dark greenish color. Yeah, and they had like a little pink thrown in it seems too. So, all right, continue. All right, so a cardboard cutout of Freddy Krueger appears in the film. Both Critters 2 and A Nightmare on Elm Street are New Line Cinema properties. This film was executive produced by Robert Shea, co-founder of New Line Cinema. So that is why we got the Freddy, which I I still think they should have let let yes. turned into him for a split second. That would have been fucking hilarious. That would have been that would have been an eye turner of really. <laughs> yeah. So David Tuhi's first writing credit, he goes on to pen Waterworld, G.I. Jane, and all of the Chronicles of Riddick's films. So he did some pretty big films, with, especially with Waterworld and G.I. Jane. Yeah, those are pretty, yeah. And Pitch Black was pretty good. The I, I didn't really like the ones after. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, no Pitch, the first, yeah, Pitch Black was actually a very good movie. Ooh, ooh, listen to this one. The Playboy magazine that Charlie finds is the issue from March 1979. It is shown that the female form lead takes takes is the centerfold for the issue. However, the actress that played female Lee, Roxanne Kernahan, was never in Playboy magazine, though she did appear in the video Playboy Sexy Lingerie a year later. So in 1989, she was in Playboy Sexy Lingerie. Uh, the centerfold for that issue was Denise McConnell. So for mm. those of you that want to go and collect Playboy, there you go. Uh, the tragic part of that is she passed away in 1993 due to a car accident. Uh, uh, issues with that. So I, I, because as I was looking at the movie, I was like, "Who is that?" And yeah, yeah, she did. She passed away very young. That's it's a horrible. So the film is included on film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. And that is why we don't listen to film critics because they can suck a big fat one. Why is it on his list? Boobies? What's the reason he can hate this movie other than it's too much fun for him? Probably. That's probably what it was. And that's why I don't listen to critics, especially now the, you know, the Siskel and Ebert of today is fucking Rotten Tomatoes. I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Usually... When they come out and say a movie is fucking amazing, I fucking hate it. And you, when they say, "Oh, this movie sucks," I fucking we, we love, love it. Movie. Yeah, it's it's like some of the horror movies we all know. It's like it's it's a three star when it's really a it's like a ten star movie. They just yeah. don't want to admit it. But anyway, so the next one here was actually uh, about Roxanne passing away in 1993. She was only 22 oh. years old. Yeah. Okay. Oh, beach to oh. it. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So Critters 2 is the only horror film under the Playboy Enterprises title. Wait, under the Playboy Enterprises under, title? Under Playboy Enterprises title. So I guess it was like officially able to use 
Playboy in the fucking movie or some shit. Shit. So to use one magazine, you needed. Wow. <laughs> hey, Damn. It, it paid off for us. We got to see some nice boobies. Well, no, we did. I'm not saying Rest we didn't. Peace. Yes. To the titties. <laughs> Cheryl Pollock almost played the Megan. Cheryl Pollock almost played the Megan Morgan role, but couldn't drive a stick. So they had to pass on her. I mean, couldn't they teach her? Well, <laughs> you get the hang after a bit. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard, but, you know, some people just can't learn. So the film was released theatrically in the United States by New Line Cinema in April 1988. It grows $3.8 million, like we said. Um, and it was the last film in the series to be released in a theater. Yeah, I think the rest of them were all uh, direct-to-video. Yes, sir. So we got we got a couple more here, but Garris got the chance to direct after having worked for Steven Spielberg on the television series Amazing Stories as a screenwriter. I used to watch the fuck out of Amazing Stories. Never watched it. It's it's they're just like amazing stories, kind of tale like tales from the crypt, but not not scary. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Hmm. Might have to see they're on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's like an anthology series. Oh, uh, okay. Garris initially turned down the offer to direct, but later accepted, citing that he was a big fan of the first movie and wanted to make the sequel a more scary film than the first. The Chiodo brothers, who served as special effects artists on the first film, returned to create the creatures, creating over 50 puppets for the film. They made 50 different krites for this movie. That's a lot of krites. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would, you know, I, I would love to actually have a puppet. Right. I would I've like seen people. One. I've seen people make them. Like you can find them on Etsy. Um, there was one guy that I saw on Facebook that made them, or that he would get them made. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know where it was. Um, I follow this page on Facebook called the Gnarly Toy Box, and it's a toy store. I don't know where it is, but it's it's not in Texas. I want to say it's on the East Coast. Um, and he was having somebody in Mexico make life size replicas of the krites and so he would like auction them off like on online doing like online live bids and stuff okay well all right so anybody who watches this if you, if you know anyone where you get little krites made let us know because honestly yeah. i i would like one i'm sure steve and i'm sure the other boys would too yeah. so please let us know so this last one here is kind of a long one but it's got a bunch of different things that were alternate scenes so the syndicated television version features scenes that were never before shown in the theatrical versions. Some extended scenes with a few alternate scenes as well. The scenes are based on the screenplay, even in the first two drafts. After the opening sequence, uh, during the bus driver scene where Brad is on his way to Grover's Bend from the big city uh, to visit, I guess, the grandma. The bus driver describes the critters as Smurfs and what they, you know, what they do. So when uh, Megan picked up Brad after an attempted fight with Wesley, Brad explains to Meg that he couldn't have hurt him pretty bad. Megan doesn't think so yet. Brad does know about karate as he explains a bit more. So he did know karate. Okay. Uh, we yeah. just see him get thrown out the way Jazz used to on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Once Quigley left the store for a bit when Nana did business buying some eggs, the leftover eggs by the heater hatch as baby critters are are coming out as we see from the point of view when Chili Dog is sniffing it. He barks at it, then it cuts to the store sign with the dog yelping, so the dog got eaten. 
The ladies at the church are helping out by putting Easter eggs by the yard uh, in the church. Then when the ladies with Nana are done, she exclaims, what a beautiful day. Cindy is secretly carrying an Easter basket uh, and was hidden as she hunts for a small bit of eggs before the services to cheat. Oh, you don't cheat. Dang. No, you, no. Yeah, no, no. Especially not at church. The, no, not with those Easter egg hunts. Jesus Uh-oh. was watching. However, a baby critter has hatched and is searching around from where the hell did I? Oh, like in the point of view we see. So during the okay. Easter morning church scene, after that resurrect your church going habits scene, uh, that's when that occurred. So Wesley the punk drives, then stops in front of the church. Uh, there is. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish what you're doing. Uh, Wesley the punk drives, then stops in front of the church to attend just to see Megan. He picks out a flower from the garden in uh, front of the church. He goes in, gives it to her during the services. He sits down to enjoy the sermon with her, but her father doesn't want his arm around her. So I guess that was another scene that was cut. But what were you going to say? I was going to say there is one more thing. I'm surprised Chad didn't have this. Then again, maybe it might not be there. Um, There is a little cameo in this movie, and it's going to be from a director of his movie who we're going to be watching, I think. In about three months, Tom Matthews, director of Friday the 13th Part 6, is in this movie. He's the guy who defends the church at that one scene. I, I mean, looked Tommy up McLaughlin? McLaughlin, sorry. Yes, Tom Matthews oh, well. was in that one. Sorry, I got the two confused, <laughs> sorry. But yes, Tom McLaughlin was uh, was the church uh, protector for that whole... Like, oh, I didn't even notice that. that. I looked at the face, I'm like, I know who that is. Yeah. But who is it? And I looked yeah. it up. I'm like, oh, okay. okay, makes sense. Yeah. So here's an alternate deleted. Uh, there's an alternate deleted scene of the famous Lee scene as our bounty hunter heroes arrive in the fields as Charlie finds the Playboy magazine. Ugg and his faceless partner Lee see what Charlie is reading. Ugg asks Lee to transform as he, she slash it does just that. As Charlie pleads not to have Lee change into him. As he uses a magazine to defend, Lee transforms into the beautiful blonde Playboy centerfold. Ugg looks at Lee, all surprised. Lee has eyes open as she feels her face, then her body, with a surprised look on her face with a drop with a dropped jaw. Charlie is smiling at her, holding the Playboy centerfold with a staple shining in the sun. Then Charlie stares at her like he is in love. Lee pulls out the staple and confirms body fit. As Lee wanted a female form this whole time, Charlie agrees, saying "body fit, all right." As he smiles, implying that he is he, that he has a crush on her the whole time in this movie in the centerfold form. Then Lee says a more feminine, softer, less tough-sounding "killkreitz," yet walks away with clo- closed cape on instead of being nude. Charlie says, "Hey guys, wait up!" Um, so that's the alternate to what we actually saw in. The movie, the the version that I saw, would have liked to see a little bit more between Lee and Charlie. I think Charlie could have done it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, eh, you know. <sighs> when everyone gathers in town to try to stop the critters, Wesley and Brad stop at a gas station to fill tanks with gasoline as they look at each other to forgive the bad things they did. Uh, finally, for the finale, as morning has come with everyone repairing the town, Brad and Megan are talking to each other about him going back to the big city, and she wonders if. He has a girlfriend, including talk on the next time he'll visit Grover's Bend. And that is it. That's all we got for behind the scenes.
Okay. All right. Well, we did get a kiss in the movie, so I think yeah. he'll be back yeah. to see his lady. Definitely. I like it. Unless Very it was nice. just an Easter fling for him. You never know. I didn't know Easter could have flings, but I guess if something's going to rise again, let it rise. <laughs> it is a it is a weekend of being risen, so. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to look at the fucking holiday. He has risen and he has come. Boy, a lot <laughs> happens in one weekend. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, all right, let's move on to the questiones. All right, I'll do it. So what format did you watch this on? I watched it on YouTube because it was free. I watched it on Prime. Nice. All right. Douche of the film? Uh, I don't know. I didn't find anybody really particularly douchey. But if I had to say, I would say that that like tough guy, whatever he was. Or no, no. The sheriff. I, that's who I was going to say. I was going to say the sheriff was the douche for me. Like... I, yeah, it like took a second. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's someone else. Yeah, him for sure. Yeah, which leads me to my favorite kill: the sheriff kill in the bunny suit because it happened at like the perfect time. He jumps through the glass window and he's just fucking eating the shit. Which I mean, you don't really see. It's just little blood packs, but you know yeah. that underneath that suit, he is fucking tore the fuck up. Oh yes, no, I, I agree. That's my favorite kill only because. Like, he walks in being such an asshole about yeah, it. I'm like, yeah. you need to die. Not like, the old sheriff, Heather. The new sheriff. Yeah, no, the the guy who is the, the new sheriff in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the one who basically comes back as sheriff and then leaves. So, Har so Harv, that's his name. That's that's who it is. Yeah, Harv, Harv's the one that redeems himself. I'm talking about the sheriff that got eaten by the, by the fucking critters yes. in the bunny suit. So, best scene? Uh, what what was your favorite kill? I I said the sheriff kill. Oh, okay. okay. I I agreed right with you because he okay. needed to die. Okay, cool. So, but uh, best scene, uh, critter ball. Critter ball was a great scene. Now, my favorite is when they're in the restaurant going nuts, eating everything. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go critter ball coming out of which I mean the critter ball eating that one you know one guy was cool. Um. But I'm going Critter Ball coming out of the hamburger factory because you think they're gone. But lo and behold, they're not. Yeah. All right. Did the opening scene hook you in? It, it did because at first, again, I, this is my first time viewing. I didn't know what to expect. I went in with a fun movie. but at, So I, it definitely hooked me in because it's like, where are they trying to go with this? Okay. And then as it rolled out. So I would say yes, for sure. All right. All right. I did agree. Yo, yeah, I agree. Like I said, like I agree right off the bat. You're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, most attractive character, Lee. Uh, Lee. Lee like, after like, after she transforms, Lee, not ugly, no face, Lee. No, no, yes, we like Lee titty with Lee. Boobs. We like yes. Titty Lee. Yes. Rest in peace, Titty Lee. Yes. <laughs> There's another fucking shirt. Rest in peace, Titty Lee. I'll make that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did the score set the mood? Oh, yeah. Some of I, it was very hokey, though. Like, it was very <sighs> campy, but it fit the movie well. That's that's what I was going to say. I'm like, it might be campy, but I couldn't imagine another score just because if it had, like, serious moments, 
there's not one serious moment, yeah. at least the sheriff dying, that's the only serious moment because it comes to a church window. Other than that. But even at that, his scene, the mu- the music that was playing when he was out in the yard, yeah, it was very hokey kind of music, you know, but it worked. It worked good. So that yeah. leads us into best song. And I, you, you got to <laughs> agree with me on that. It's the Hungry Heifer theme. Oh, my God, yes. Hungry Heifer. But it's also the only one that I remember, too. So <laughs> yeah, Hungry Heifer is the well. winner for it. By default. Uh, but if we pl- we should play that and just let everybody have that in there. Oh my god! Heads no, no, because it'll be like that episode of fucking Walking Dead where they played uh, on Easy Street. Oh Dude, yes, that shit was in my head for fucking ever. And then finally, when it was finally out of my head, my friends would fucking send it to me in fucking Messenger or on text messages, and I'm like, I fucking hate you so much. My friend oh. Jimmy did that shit to me all the time. We're on easy uh, street. I'm like, I hate you. I hate you I, so much. I can hear the hatred coming. <laughs> out uh, which leads us to our uh, next question. Uh, favorite character. Ooh. Uh, uh, see, for me, it's between two. It's between Sheriff Harv, the second sheriff from mm-hmm. the original. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'd say Brad, but I would actually have to go with Charlie. I'm going Charlie, too. Like I said, he's yeah. the he's the character that has the most redemption. I think at, at, in the entire franchise, so yes. I, I have to go with him. Yeah, I agree with him, but I also I like the sheriff too. The uh, like I said, the original sheriff, I liked him. Yeah, so, so those right. two for me. All right, was it scary? <laughs> no. <laughs> it. I think I mean, as a kid, it could be. Um, yes, only because they're little fucking monsters. But <sighs> as an adult, no, there's nothing scary about this movie at all. It's it's a fun fucking ride. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the most fun horror movies it's that I've watched in a while for sure. Yeah. Well, or it can't be fun. That's what I should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does it hold up today? I I mean I think so. I, I the only the only thing that I I think doesn't really hold up is, is the technology aspect. You know, but the effects yeah. were great. Even even the 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 scenes with the ship and stuff. Granted, they're not like CGI all badass or anything but they it works you know so i think i think it yeah. looks pretty good not only that if they did this film today or even the first one you know nine times out of ten those krites would be made with cgi oh yeah they would do a puppet for like shots like okay this is what we're basing it on and the rest would be cgi so uh, See, and I i've think... never seen i've never seen the newer film the newest film and then critters attacks i've never seen or what was the name of the show? Is that the show Critters Attacks? Was that the show? I forgot that was even a show. I don't know if they use CGI or anything uh, in them, but I I would assume they do. Uh, yeah, they kid me. They go, that's cheap. Use it. Yeah. So how was the acting? You know, everybody acted it very well. There wasn't too many over the top. Everybody acted very well. I For a movie that is... We keep saying it fun, but also I say a B horror movie, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love B horror movies. Like, yeah, some no, people they're find fun. that term offensive. I don't. I love that. Like, give me all the B horror movie awesomeness. Yes. Most of the films that are awesome that are just underrated are B horror movies, and that's, that's true. What I want to consume. Yes. No, I do. So I guess it's a B movie with. I will say this: uh, a a acting. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't two over the top. 
you know, it, and they also weren't trying to make it seem like they were so frightened. They were basically like, we just have to deal with this somehow, please. Yeah. So, I, yeah, they definitely did their job big time. Definitely. Uh, how was the acting? Did we like the cinematography? It it worked. I mean, every the, yeah, like there was. I mean, there nothing really to 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 like brag about or anything. But like Brody said, the shot with the the critter ball rolling over the the one guy. I think it was yes. great. Yeah, there there are no shots to write home about, but it, it it did its job. You know, the I would say the lighting in the movie was probably one of the best aspects of the cinematography. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't too dark. It wasn't it wasn't too light. It was like a perfect light, like literally day and night. So, you know, nothing to write home about. So I would say it's C cinematography just for the fact that it's it's plain Jane. All right. Did you like the premise? Yes, I did. Aliens from outer space hatching on Earth, terrorizing a town. Where can where 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 do you go wrong? You cannot go wrong with any of that. So And the fact that the bounty hunters who are aliens themselves didn't want to blow up the earth. They wanted to get exactly. Rid of they were bounty hunters. They weren't world destroyers. So yes. And now our four R's, Bobby. All right. Recycle, rewind, remake, or reboot. I would rewind. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't reboot. I would leave this just the way it is. I agree. I'm rewinding this all day, every day. So, but it makes me want to watch the third one, and then watch the first one again so i one day i'll have to do that then but i would rewind this any day all right awesome beautiful beautiful so chad daddy just gave me his score so chad daddy now that we're gonna do the rating chad daddy gave it a four bobby uh i'm going to give it i'm actually gonna side with brody on this a 3.8 uh fun movie uh like i said the only thing i would change is let the critters change a little bit more into something mutated, but I'll give it a 3.8, and it's so watchable. All right. I'm going to give it a 4 as well because, like I said, this movie is near and dear to my heart, and I just love it so much. So that gives us a gore and more score of, drumroll please, a 3.9. Perfect. So you know so just make, Critters 2. Just make it a 4 because it's going to round us. So it's a 4 then. Yeah. Basically. So. Chad Daddy says, sorry. He ducked out. Uh, his phone signal sucks as well. So you're good, Chad Daddy. You That's, are good. You were here a little bit. It is what it is, boss. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. So next week, we are headed back to Camp Crystal Lake. And we are now on Friday the 13th, part four, baby. Oh, my, my absolute fucking favorite Friday the 13th movie. You get Corey Feldman. You get a brutal fucking looking Jason. Ah, I can't wait. I'm excited for this one. Friday four is one of my, it's one of my favorites. So I'm excited to talk about that one. And I'll say it right now. It's a movie that I don't have to watch, but I'm going to watch it. Oh no, exactly. (laughs) No, I don't think anybody on this podcast has to watch that movie to talk for hours and hours about it, but. But are we going to watch it? Fuck yeah, we're going to watch <laughs> Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Oh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Oh, that's going to be such a fun review. We're excited for that one. So please, guys, tune in next week. It'll yes, be tune here. in next week, and everybody will be back. John will be back from Disney. Chad Daddy will be back from Internet Issues, and we will be whole once again, and you will have all four of us here, and it's yes. just going to be great. So yes. before we end this 
Do we have any nerd news? Well, I, I got a couple things, but the one thing I'm going to talk about first is it's a nerd because I'm a Fangoria uh, magazine collector, and this is the newest issue. If you subscribe, you get the Evil Dead Rise uh, mm-hmm. cover. Uh, in stores, you get a different cover, but it's the same content on the inside. Okay. But one thing I want to ter- point out is back in the 80s, Fangoria used to do posters. And yes. for, for yeah. a lot of years, they, they haven't. But I am happy to say that, well, for the past few, they have been doing a poster. And this is the poster that's in there. I don't know about this film yet. It's called Godless. Huh. The Eastfield Exorcism. Everybody get a look at that. And it doesn't have, I don't see a release date on it or anything. But I love the fact, because as a physical, I love physical Physical. media. I love magazine. That's why I literally have boxes and boxes like i have one box dedicated to the new books i have the old ones so fangoria is absolutely killing it with this so if fangoria ever sees this uh please uh just reach out to all of us we love your magazine obviously yeah. you know as a, and you can also subscribe for 79.99 a year that's not bad and that's it. and you get what is it six uh magazine oh shit brody's brody said his mate made that movie godless oh really uh wait brody do you know if there's a release date or did it come out i'd like to know yeah i'm interested anything exorcist i'm i or exorcism i'm 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 all for it well and uh so but um there's another movie came out called the pope's exorcist the post exorcist yes i so uh, I'm curious. Somebody said the new Exorcist is coming out. I'm like, that's not the new Exorcist. I'm like, that's a different movie. That's yeah, still a in the different making. movie. Yeah. Um, I got a cool poster too. I was going to show it last week. I still haven't hung it up. A buddy of mine, my buddy Richard, gave me this poster. Um, I don't know where he got it, but it is for Heart of Darkness Three. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That's a nice looking poster. I don't know, journey into '80s horror. I need to get this bitch framed up and uh, get it up on my wall. But it's just been sitting here by my computer. Nice. Okay. Okay. I I, I want to get more posters. But uh, speaking of posters, and then I got a couple more things. Uh, Sean Clark, who we all know does horrors, Hollow Grounds. He does Horror Hounds and the yeah, yeah. Halloween conventions, which I'll bring up in a second as well. Um, he has like a booklet of posters. Like it's a big fucking poster thing. I got to get one of those so I can like put all my posters in it. Yeah. It's, but also another nerd news. So for people who are a fan of Halloween, like me, this year is the 45th anniversary of Halloween 1978. Oh, and, uh, they made the announcement. I think it was now it's, a, I think it's a couple years ago. They are doing the Halloween 45 Years of Terror convention in South Pasadena, California, September 29th through October 1st this year. Okay. Uh, I have to say this because I knew about these conventions since they did the 25th anniversary, then they did 30th and 35 and 40. Um, I myself, myself turning 30 the month before, am considering going they haven't announced guests yet um they have like where it'll be and everything they need no hotel information just yet so uh that's a big event for the halloween franchise there's a lot of people you can meet there that 
normally don't always do a convention. So uh, when there's more information, please be on the lookout for that. And hopefully everything goes through. I'm sure everything is. So, but um, yeah, that's one part of my nerd news. Do you have anything? Keep I going. got nothing. I haven't really been keeping up with anything nerdy. So I, I don't have anything um, other than if you're not watching Mandalorian, jump on that shit. Cause there's some shit coming. I feel it. I, 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 I heard there's, I heard there's been some uh, good stuff coming. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple, so I got a couple of little things here, all horror related, of course. All right. Um, so Motel Hell opens up on a 4K Ultra HD this summer from Screen Factory. I know and, how some of us felt about that film in this, <laughs> in this, but I love that film. That's like I said, that's another one that's near and dear to my heart. I'm going to pick that up, especially now knowing that I got a goddamn fucking 4K Blu-ray player. <laughs> Bitching and complaining this whole time, but lo and behold, PS5 plays fucking old. I'm that's how that's how I was able to watch Smile 4K. That's what yeah. I did. Uh, so stupid. so Motel Hell will be coming from Screen Factory in the 4K Ultra HD, and it is coming on June 27th of this year. Nice. Uh, there's special features. We have audio commentary with the director, interviews with producers, uh, writers, and we also have interviews with the cast. Uh, we have a look back at the female protagonist and the theatrical trailer. So it's not a ton of stuff, but yeah. it's it's good to get it now on a good updated uh, platform. Yeah. So that's a good release to pick up. Uh, give me one second here. Oh, we also have upgrading Romero and King's Creepshow to 4K. So that's going to be also coming out on June 27th. And that has it's got a ton of extras on it, right? Also, um, hold on. There's an enamel pin set you should be able to get with it and everything. So June 27th, uh, Creep Show and Motel Hell. Um, if you want to see what the whole set will look like, go on to Scream Factory. Looks like a special uh, slip cover. You got posters and the pin set. So we got some good 4Ks coming. Nice. Uh, hold on. I know there was something else. Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, where the fuck did it go? One more. <clears throat> and I, I, I think you would be excited for this. I'm, I think you know, though, but the April two thousand April of this year, so this month, Physical Media Roundup, seven horror releases you don't want to miss. Uh, we have Chainsaw on 4K, the original. Infinity Pool, which I'm excited for. The House of a Thousand Corpses 20th Anniversary Blu-ray. There now, this has a whole bunch of stuff. So his Rob Zombie's classic is coming with a a new collectible Blu-ray steelbook and a premium box set package from Lionsgate on April 11th. So next week. Oh shit! The box set includes an exclusive poster, art cards, and a 10-page photo book, while the steelbook includes new exclusive artwork. Both releases include a second disc and a brand new special features, including interviews with the cast, screen tests, and behind-the-scenes footage. There is a picture of it, and it looks phenomenal. So if you're a House of a Thousand Corpses fan, like I know we are, that is a good thing to pick up. And the Chainsaw 4K also comes with the original poster, and then it comes with a, a different poster on the back of it. So that would be something to look at. I mean, you could pre-order it now. I think it's on, um, I think you could get it on uh, uh, Amazon. I think Best Buy also has it. So let me just make sure I didn't miss anything. A lot of DVD releases 
uh, coming. Oh, and the other one. We are now a few weeks out from the release, as we said before, of Evil Dead Rise. Yes. April, tw- April 21st. It will be in theaters. So uh, I know we're psyched about it. So if anybody's going to go see it, please go see it that opening night. I expect nothing but good from this movie. I, I know you do too, Steve. Yes. So um, that's kind of melanized thing. Like that's um, I introduced her into Evil Dead, and she's just she fell in love with it. She loves Bruce Campbell. She loves Ash as a character. She loves every single thing that we have seen from Evil Dead. So that actually, so it comes out the twenty first. Yes, it is April 21st. So it'll drop that Thursday, which is actually April 20th, which is actually our one-year anniversary. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Well, so there you we're go. That's, go. That's an anniversary. Date yeah. Right so there. we're going to go watch Evil Dead Rise. I did buy um, the Evil Dead 4K box set that came with Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Or, yeah, Ash versus the Evil Dead. So I... Put that in. That's the only 4K Blu-ray that I own. Pop that bad boy in, and it is so crisp and clear. I love mm-hmm. it. Like I, I just, I can't go back. I can't go back now. So no, you can't. Only going forward. So unless we got anything else, Bobby. Uh, I guess well, one more thing on the Fangoria thing. Just again, since I'm just a magazine nerd, um, they got a great couple of articles in it. They talk about Renfield, the new Nicholas oh, Cage. Yes. Movie. There are some great shots of him in here as Dracula. I got to say, I'm not a big Nicolas Cage fan, but him as Dracula, the look they have for him in this movie, honestly, I think it's the best he's looked. He looks menacing, but he looks like, you know, Nicolas Cage. And there's a nice, good burnt shot of him as Dracula. I I don't think, I think this hits... Uh, I think it hits this month. It doesn't have a release date here. I know it's coming soon, but yeah, that's another movie to keep on the lookout for. That looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Yes, it does. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like I saw, they have a good article in this for David Cronenberg yeah. on a lot of the body horror in his movies. So one more advertisement for this, and then we'll advertise ourselves. Guys, pick up the new Fangoria issue, please. Get all the past issues. They got so much shit in them. Uh, they're even thicker than they were in the 80s. So Fangoria is definitely back. They've been back. Let's keep it going. There's, you know, they're one of the best. There's a reason why they're still here. That's all I have to say on Nerd News, my man. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Goremore Podcast. Bobby? Take it away. <laughs> Take it away. This is your killing machine, Bobby Amon, saying we'll see you next week for Friday the 13th, Part 4. Look at all the other podcasts on Project Ladder, including Beetle Bros and Power Hour and uh, Rabbit Hole and a bunch of others. And we'll see you next week. Stay fresh, cheese bags. I'm taking the line. I'm taking the line. I wanted to say it, you motherfucker. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host with the ghost, the prince of the paranormal, the duke of the dead, the sinister minister, the ghost daddy himself, Lord Scubacabra, saying thank you for joining us. And remember, cereal is just cold soup. Critter balls.